Praise God. So we're going to talk about Jesus, the great physician today. Amen? The great physician. And that term is an ancient term that was coined to describe Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. When God brought Israel into the wilderness, they found that they could only get so far without God's help. How many of you have found that out? Those of us who have been saved for a little bit or a long time, you know that at some point in your life, you only could get so far and you had to cry out to Jesus. Amen? And praise God, he always answers a sincere heart cry. And so when Israel went forth into the wilderness, they were looking for food and for water, and when they found water, they found it was bitter or it was poisonous or it was contaminated and it wasn't good for their bodies. And so they began to cry out to Moses, and he cried out to God, and God said, I got a remedy for that. And so he made a law at that point and said that if you will diligently hearken to my voice and do what's right in my sight, give ear to my commandments and keep all of my rules, he says, I won't put any disease on you. Disease is not for the righteous. Disease and righteousness cannot live together at the same time. One of them's going to have to bow and bend and break. Okay? Amen? And righteousness, being an eternal force, will always force whatever is against it to back down if you make a stand in righteousness. Amen? So always make your stand in what God's told you. Not on your good behavior, not on your church attendance. Not on your strong giving and not on your good works or good looks. Huh? But make it based on what God has done. A stand in righteousness always refers to the righteous one. Gives him glory and gives him credit. So when you make your stand today, when you stand as far as your health is concerned and all of those things, Make your stand based on the imputed righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to talk about how natural medicine compares with the atonement. We'll talk about that for a while. Because I see a lot of interest now even in Christian television for natural things. Huh? For medicines or pills, you know, medicine without a prescription is still medicine. Huh? I don't care if it's over-the-counter, under-the-counter, wherever it came from, it's still a natural product that oftentimes people are depending upon for their healing or for their health. And I'm here to tell you that anything that is natural is only temporary. The spiritual is what lasts forever. And so whenever you compare natural things with spiritual things, the natural is going to always come up short. So in natural medicine, they offer you what's called a cure, okay? And a cure happens to mean a means of healing or restoring to health or a remedy. A cure is a remedy. So if you have a cold or you have symptoms of a cold, you take cough medicine, you go chicken soup, you go vitamin E, vitamin C, whatever you do, and those things will cure you because they offer a remedy for that common cold. Now, how many of you know that God constructed the human body so that it repairs itself eventually? Uh, 
So those of you who get NyQuil at the drop of a hat, now nah, I done found y'all out, all right? Because that key, that cold is going to get better whether you go NyQuil or not. So let's just call it what it is, okay? But there's nothing wrong with getting yourself comfortable to alleviate symptoms. Paul advised to take a little wine for your stomach's sake, huh? But just make sure you got something legitimate there that you're taking your little wine for, all right? <laughs> Oh, my stomach. And God does it in in small amounts. He'll allow you some things that bring you comfort here and there. Like some people, you know, if it's an aspirin, that your joints are sore or something like that, and you take some things, those are remedies and cures. So nobody's preaching for or against anything, but you need to understand that remedies and cures will only last temporarily. They will only last temporarily. Why? Because they never attack the root of illness. Never attack the root. And this is the problem. This is why we don't get any better sometimes because the root of illness has never been dealt with. But Jesus deals with the root of illness. Amen. He deals with the root of everything. The word cure also means remedial treatment. Something that will, you can take a treatment to remedy something. For instance, if you, like uh, in sports medicine, athletes have injuries all the time. So physical therapy will remedy symptoms of the injury that they have sustained. They never tell you that they are going to cure you of what's wrong with you, but they can build you up and strengthen you and get you to the point where you're not feeling so bad anymore. But again, it will never get to the root of what is, is causing your problems. A cure is also a means of correcting or relieving anything that is troublesome or detrimental. So this can move even into the emotional and soulish realm of your life. For instance, if if you have a job that is a high, what they call high stress job, sometimes, you know, if you can petition your boss and say, you know, I don't know what it is about this new job you've given me, and they'll say, well, let's give you something that's not as stressful, so that's a remedy for some type of emotional or stressful problem. And so we can find all kinds of ways of relieving symptoms, I'll put it that way, because a pain or discomfort or anything like that is a symptom of something that's troubling a person, but you can never get at the root of it through natural means. To, to heal, though, means to restore to health, to make healthy, whole, or sound, to bring to an end or a conclusion. Healing brings an end or a conclusion to disease, to trouble, to sickness, to anything that would harm you, and you that's what you want. To heal also means to be free from evil, or to cleanse, or to purify. It also means to heal the soul. And that's what we're going to talk about a lot today, because most of our problems, as far as anything is concerned, has to be dealt with on the level of the soul first. Your spirit's already healed. If you're born again, your spirit's fine. If you're not born again, you can get born again, and that cures the spiritual thing. Your spirit is fine. But it's the battle over your soul that's going to determine whether you choose life, death, healing, wholeness, 
and if you choose Jesus. So as I said, Jesus is the only healer. Now I know there are some people who call him a healer, as though there's another one out there somewhere. Well, I triple, double dog dare anybody to go find anybody else who can heal you other than Jesus. Huh? I would no more call him a healer than I would call him a savior. Huh? I mean, most of us don't have any problem with calling him the savior. We're no, we know who the savior is. But why is it that when you talk about healing, people call him a healer? Now think about it. Uh, Sila. Hmm? We got a little song we play around here. You know, I jump on every song when the lyrics are a little off. Uh, There's no other name that's whatever. You know what I'm saying. And that guy calls him a healer. Hmm? A healer. Hmm? Can you call him a savior? No, because nobody else can save humanity but Jesus. And nobody else can heal humanity but Jesus. Now the reason people call him a healer, because they're not convinced that he heals at all. But see, I don't get mad at y'all and make y'all stop playing your little cute records because it's unbelief in there. But I'm telling you, I'm killing the unbelief devil off of huh? So we're not calling him a healer around here anymore, amen. He is the healer. The healer. What it took for, him, for us to get healed through him, no other human being could accomplish. So he owns the rights to healing because he paid the price for it for everybody, once and for all. They had that movie, everybody see that movie, The Green Mile? Huh? I'll tell the truth. Y'all know y'all be watching TV. Probably bought the DVD or bootlegged it, one of the two. Huh? But it was popular maybe about, what, five or six years ago it was, it was first out. And it showed a man who would take people's sickness into himself and cough it out. Well, he ain't qualified to do that. Because if he's got sin of his own, he is not qualified to take sin for anybody Hello? What qualified Jesus was that he was a spotless lamb. He had no sin. He was a sacrifice that was acceptable to God the Father. He and he alone takes sickness. They got the concept right. You know, there is a, a place where humans can atone for other humans, but only if they qualify. And Jesus is the only man who was born to die for the sins of the world and accomplished that and lived a totally sinless life. So when he was offered up to the Father, he was just as spotless at the end of his life as he was at the beginning of his life. And so he qualified all throughout his life. And he suffered those things for you and me. He gave up a life of his own, so to speak, so that we could have eternal life. He paid the price. The Bible says he learned obedience through the things that he suffered or the things that he allowed to happen to him. And so he didn't fight the father on anything because he knew what he was here for and he was here to present himself a perfect spotless uh, sacrifice to atone for the sins of all humanity.
So natural means can only cure, and that's usually after disease is set in. Now, I know there are people on television telling you how healthy it is to live certain ways. And if you had 50 decks of cards, you can shoot one out for it, and there's that many different ways and combinations of getting your healing according to people who deal with things in the natural. Um, people are juicing now. You know, you buy the $200 juicer, and you put all this stuff through there, and by the time you get it to drink it, you don't want to smell it, and you don't want to look at it. But it's healthy for you, so they say. Or there are people that, that taste not, touch not, handle not, as the Bible says. They abstain from certain things. You know, the vegetarians think they're purer than the people who eat meat. You know, like we're cannibals or something. Huh? You throw that steak around, you don't want that? Put it on my plate. I know I shouldn't be having it, but I'm going to bless it and throw it down in Jesus' name. Paul said nothing's to be refused if it's taken with thanksgiving and sanctified by the word of prayer. I can do that real quick. Huh? I can pray so fast over food and make your head spin. Huh? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Huh? Just that quick. Thank you, Jesus. Huh? If it's taken with thanksgiving, it's sanctified for your body no matter what it is. And so God has settled the question of can natural things cure you? No, they cannot. Now, people, Christians, sometimes will modify it and say, well, we're not saying this, this takes the place of the word. Well, why are you pushing it then? Why don't you push the word as hard huh, as you push those things? Well, you know, sometimes God uses doctors. I double-dog dare you to see where Jesus called any doctor to any of his healing means and asked him to help him out with something. Huh? Luke was a physician, but he took up the word. After he got the word, he didn't want, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. That was just a livelihood. But once he started preaching the word, it was over for that other stuff. Because he had found the key to health and wholeness and healing. And it was only in the name of Jesus. There is no natural way to prevent disease. I don't care how many apples a day keeps the doctor away you eat and how many supplements you take and how many pills you swallow and how much juice you drink. You will not be able to prevent disease from latching on to you, and we'll talk about why. The, re the disease really is the result of iniquity, a substance called iniquity. And everybody's born in sin and shaped in iniquity. There's no way you can get around it. You can't juice enough. To get iniquity off of you. Huh? You can't supplement enough to get iniquity off of you. And you can't eat, you know, now people don't even trust the water that we drink. You got to get bottled everything, see. And this is, this is because people are growing more and more aware that sin is increasing. It is against us. And it is a problem for us. Whereas before, you could hardly get people to recognize that because there wasn't this much trouble in the world. There wasn't this much immorality in the world. There wasn't as much open and blatant uh, rebellion against God's law as there is now. So whenever you have open sin and rebellion, people's awareness of something wrong grows. 
Their knowledge of iniquity grows. But their answers are always wrong unless they go for the cure, which is Jesus Christ. And so you'll see people now trying to pull in different things to keep them healthy, pull in things to make them well. Everything except Jesus is what they want to try. But I'm telling you, once they've exhausted everything and they're still in their mess, they will know because somebody will have told them that Jesus Christ in the, is the answer. And that somebody is the church. We're the ones who take the good news to the world and make them aware that there is help and there is hope for them in the atonement. And Jesus is the only way, the only way. So <clears throat> disease being a result of iniquity and disease is merely a slow form of death. It's just a slow form of death. It came because the man and the woman ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said, the day that you eat of that, it w you will surely die. And so God started then the death process in humanity. Now, they didn't die, just graveyard did, when they ate of the tree. The, the fruit of the tree came in them as a seed. And that seed then over centuries has grown in humanity. So the seed of the knowledge of good and evil is growing still in human beings. And it's going to get worse and worse. The Bible says that gross darkness will cover the earth, but the glory of the Lord will be seen upon God's people. So it's really not going to get better, folks, as far as darkness is concerned. We think we see some depraved things happening now, but it will get worse. It will increase. Iniquity will increase. And so disease being a result of iniquity, and we said that disease is a slow form of death, Disease really grew out of a lie. It grew out of a lie. The seed for anything that grows out of iniquity is not true. Okay. What did Satan say to the woman? Yeah, he, he said, hath God said? <laughs> Question mark. See, that's the way the devil always gets you. See, that's a seed of doubt right there. You know, you can be walking around all day long and, and about to get victory over whatever ailment has hit you. Say you get up in the morning, you get up wrong, and you step down hard, and it hurts. And then you think about taking a pill, and you think about it, you say, well, you know what? I'm just going to confess the word over this thing. And you start saying that you're healed and saying that you're healed. And just when you're about to get your breakthrough and convince yourself that you are healed, the devil come up, is that really true? Are you sure about that? Well, if you heal, how come you hurt? Well, you don't want to be lying on top of That's the third, what, fourth commandment? I don't know the numbers of it sometimes. you breaking the, the whatever commandment. Thou shalt not lie. Huh? Yeah, devil, and thou shalt not get in my face either because I'm still healed in Jesus' name, you see? So the seed of doubt at God's word was planted in the woman. And he planted a lie on the inside of her. And so God comes with truth to remove the lie. A lie is like a thorn in your flesh, something that bugs you and something you would like to get rid of if you just could get rid of all this nonsense the devil tells you all the time, you'd be sitting pretty. 
Well, see, God comes with his truth and pulls that lie out and puts truth in its place. So that you can take that lie out of you and say, the devil is a liar. I am not sick in Jesus' name. He said none of the diseases that came, oh, are you sure none of them? Well, what about cancer? You know, he says a real booger man like, ooh, huh? Cancer. Or you get one of them, you know, doctor been nice to you all these years with nice bedside manner. And you go and have, a, let them cut a little piece of, well, it just looks a little suspicious. That's what they always tell you. That's a lie number one. Your skin don't look suspicious. Your skin looks like God's skin. The doctor, that ain't suspicious. I'm a Christian. That's the way God's skin looks. He's my father. But no, we say, okay, well, I just want to be sure of what? Huh? What you trying to get sure of? So you let them cut because it looks suspicious. Huh? And he said, well, you know, doctor who's real nice bedside manner guy comes in one day. Your tests are back. Huh? You have cancer. Huh? And you just shake all inside. Oh God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Huh? How many people have had that happen? You go and get a test done. You just want to make sure that your health is, you know, it's not expecting bad news and all of a sudden the devil, whoom. Well, you can call it a lie before you get there. You can call it a lie after they tell you. You can call it a lie after some treatment. You can call it a lie at any point you want to call it that because that's what it is from day one. It was a lie and it's still a lie. Huh? Because it came from the father of lies. That's part of his seed. And the Bible says every seed that the father God has not planted will be plucked up in Jesus name amen so you have the authority you have the right and you have the ability if you got a mouth and you got a Bible you can fight disease in Jesus name see you have the power and authority to use his name against any sickness any disease any anything that comes against you God doesn't care how big the devil is how mean the doctor is well, I went to a specialist. He's the best. He ain't as good as God is. He's not as good as Jesus. Amen? He's a temporary physician for temporal things. So eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil caused death. Disobeying God and eating of that tree caused iniquity to come inside of man. And iniquity will manifest itself at some time in the form of sickness or some kind of symptom. Little children are born, babies are born with sickness. So you can't say sickness comes from the sin that you do yourself. It just comes from iniquity. So sickness comes with humanity. It just rides in with us and can latch itself onto anybody at any time. Many times people will say, well, if, if I got sick, maybe this came from, you don't care where it came from. How would you know where it came from? 
you know, people, and this is the thing where you get into when you talk about preventing disease. They try to stop. Well, you know, uh, some study has shown that it, this, this causes cancer and that causes, listen, being born causes cancer, folks. You understand me? Being born will cause any disease to happen to your body. And that's why Jesus went and paid for us to be healed and to be made whole. Because he knows that sickness can visit anybody's door. I don't know why saints get all upset. They feel guilty, self-conscious, and all this kind of stuff if they have to come and get prayed for. Don't feel bad. The devil's giving everybody a hard time. Even those people you think are judging you, they got it coming and going too. If it's not their health, their body this time, it's their finances, it's the kids, it's the marriage, it's the job, it's something. And so we all got to fight the devil on some level. So this is sometimes the level that he will attack people, and that is in the area of their physical body. So disobedience really began in the soul of man. This is very important. When the woman made the decision, she made the decision to doubt God. When the devil said, hath God really said? And he says, well, you know what? In the day that you eat of that, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And that was true to a certain extent, but she was already like God because she was made in his image. And the devil knew it. And so she really fell into this decision through deception. Huh? And that's why God is so eager to remedy anything that comes against us. Because he knows that if the woman had not been deceived and she had not been tricked into a misunderstanding what he said and got confused, she never would have obeyed the enemy. So he used illegal tactics. He used deception and trickery. And he also planted a lie in the form of iniquity in all of humanity. And that's really where disease comes from, folks. You live long enough, you'll feel an ache and a pain. I remember my mother used to say that when I said, oh, mama. And she said, girl, you live long enough, you gonna get, it's going to be hard for you to get up. And sure enough, <laughs> it's hard. that day is here. She prophesied rightly that time. Amen. <laughs> so you can't say that it comes from wrong living or not right living. Some diseases are, are, are definitely connected. Like there are some diseases that you, you know. Sexually transmitted diseases is, is, a, is a warning sign to people to stop fornicating, stop adultery, stop this kind of nonsense. To me, that's a warning from God. Because if he really wanted to kill you, you wouldn't, wouldn't be no fornicators around. In fact, if you lived in Israel under the Old Testament, you wouldn't be around either. Huh? That woman that was caught in the act of adultery should have been stoned to death, except that Jesus was in, instituting a covenant of forgiveness and mercy toward humanity instead of the law, which they couldn't keep anyway. So no matter how much you were threatened with death, people would sin anyway. So the threat of these things oftentimes does not keep people out of sin entirely. It might keep you out of one sin, but your want-tos might get you into another one. You might not be sleeping around and fornicating, but you're watching too much raunchy television. Huh? And going to be over in there if you don't watch yourself. 
Huh? And so there's all kinds of temptations for us as human beings. And so God then had to send Jesus to eradicate all of this. So disobedience really began in the woman's soul. Disease begins in the soul. All disease is a process, is a part of how you process information. And that has to do more with your thinking than it has to do with your spirit. What do you think about the symptoms that you have? So disobedience began in the soul and that's where disease begins. When Jesus made an atonement, he paid with his soul so that he could ransom the souls of many. So healing really is a function of what you hear, what you think, and eventually what you believe. The decision to choose life or death is actually made in your soul. The Bible says you have a choice. Choose life so that you can live. So life and death are choices that we make all the time. When you decide to obey God, you have chosen life. When you decide you're just going to go your own way and God ain't doing this fast enough and maybe he's forgotten about you, you choose death. And so as you choose life, then God will lead you in the path of life and you will be healed or you'll receive whatever it is that you desire from God. So when man chose death, God set in motion a process immediately to restore life. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, God immediately went looking for them. Uh, turn to Genesis 3. You'll see the love of God in action. This is why I hate it when people want to sit up and tell people that God, he's going to do this to you, and he's threatening them with God, like you know him like that. Huh? You don't know what he might do. Just because you acted so ugly, he might turn around and bless that brother right in front of you and make you watch it. But God, in, in Genesis chapter 3, we see where God has to pronounce the curse on them. Verse 9, he called Adam because Adam was lost. When you lose contact with God, you are lost. And Adam heard his voice and hid himself from him. Why? Because he had knowledge of evil. He knew he was naked. Before that time, he was naked and didn't know it because he had no knowledge of evil. He had no knowledge of anything except knowledge of God. And so he said when, when he told God that, God knew immediately what they had done. And he asked Adam, he said, did you eat of that tree? And you notice Adam never said, yes, I did. That's another sign of iniquity. You're always going to blame somebody else. But, uh, yeah, but what, see, what had happened was, I was, that's what he said. And then tried to blame the woman. You know, before, when Adam, when God created the woman, put Adam in a deep sleep, so he wouldn't be able to say, well, give her some of this, some of that, some of the new. And that ought to be a warning to some of you men. You're always going after eye candy. She can't pray. She can't cook. She can't do nothing. Huh? God need to put you to sleep real good and let you wake up and get the right one. Well, I don't know about all that. I mean, you know, is she the right one for you, though? Because God picked her. But the first thing that, that Adam did when, 
when he, God woke him up and presented the woman to him. He said, my Lord and my God. And he went to confessing and prophesying and promising. And That's one way you know girls that is the right one. Huh? Confessing and promising, prophesying. And then he married her right there. Yeah? He said, for this cause. Huh? And that's the wow factor. Huh? He said, wow. For this cause, I'll leave everything and run after you. Huh? Isn't that, now women tell the truth. Ain't that what men tell you if they really want you to spend some time with Baby, baby, you know, I'd do anything for you. I mean, what you need, what you want, I'm what you need, honey. I'm what you want. Be them promise you everything. Huh? Ain't no payday, you don't see them. Unless it's your payday. <laughs> I'm messing with y'all. Wake up now. Come on. Come on. Stay with me. Don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep. Huh? Huh? But he put a ring on her finger. Huh? Made a vow, promise. He told God, he said, I'm leaving you and cleaving to her. That's just how much I love what you done done right here. Huh? And so the man had to enter into the iniquity with the woman because of what he had promised God. But see, when God asked him, he said, did you eat of that tree? He said, that woman you gave me, and now she that woman, see, before she was the wow factor and the it factor. And the, huh? Huh? All fabulous and stuff. So iniquity causes you to turn on what you once loved. Hmm? That's why God tells us, first and foremost, to love one another. Because he knows love is hard to find when you're dealing with iniquity. And so he allowed, the man then began to, to say, you know, the woman did this and then the woman put the blame on the serpent and the serpent didn't have nobody to blame he just all he could do is lick dust and be stupid I guess <laughs> so he didn't have nobody but the serpent was satisfied because he got his job done See? he didn't want to blame anybody so the blame stopped at the serpent and that's who's to blame now for all of the trouble in the world for all the dif difficulty all the disease all the sickness You'll hear people say, well, not all sickness is a demon. Well, let me know which ones is and which ones ain't. But I tell you, in the meantime, I'm casting them all out in Jesus' name. Amen? They can identify themselves later. Huh? <laughs> we'll have a lineup. And you know, one day the Bible says everybody will look upon him. And they'll say, is this the thing that call out? I don't believe that. Huh? Probably a little red guy with a pitchfork, just like they depict him sometimes. Huh? But he makes you think he's a lot more powerful than he is. And that's a lie. See, everything he puts out is a lie. And so God then immediately gives the remedy in verse 15. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. He's talking to the serpent and between your seed and her seed. It shall bruise your head. And that's the cross. That's Jesus at the cross. And you shall bruise his heel. So the, and only, the, the only bruising that God allowed Jesus 
to receive was just enough to pay for us, to pay for you and me. That's the reason he was bruised. He wasn't bruised because he wasn't smart enough to avoid the devil. He'd avoided the devil all his life. In fact, the devil was once his servant. So you think the king of glory is going to be moved by what the devil had? No, he allowed the devil to put sickness on him when he was on the cross. He allowed them to whip him when he was on the cross. He allowed all of those things. And he allowed just enough to satisfy the Father that your sins and my sins would be paid for and we no longer had to be the servant of sin. Amen? <clears throat> so when we uh, have the decision in our souls to choose life, then we begin on a path of receiving the benefits of the atonement. So this is a spiritual and not a natural cure. So when you choose life and choose God's way, then you set upon the path of a spiritual cure and not a natural cure. So we said the natural is only temporary. But you want spiritual because that's going to last throughout eternity. And that will work every single time. I don't care how many times you have to get prayed for for the same thing over and over and over again. Now I know I'm not supposed to say that because you know if you keep coming, you're coming in unbelief. I don't know what you're coming in, but I know this much. If you don't quit on God... And if you don't let the devil discourage you and twist your mind up with his lies. Huh? I remember somebody, I think it was Vicki Winans used to give her testimony. She had been sick many years uh, ago. And she said that every, every time she looked around, she was a church girl. She grew up in church. She said every time she looked around, one of the saints would come up and tell her, you need to do this. Or you need, she said she did them all. Uh, she said, now I know this wasn't God and it probably wasn't working, but I said, I'm sick enough, I'm going to do that too. You understand what I'm saying? So sometimes you have to just put yourself in a place of humility until you can get the right understanding of where God wants you to go and what path you need to be on to get what you need from him. So it's about humbling yourself and allowing yourself to be taught and understand what God wants you to do and where you need to position yourself so that you can receive what you need from God. So when you have a spiritual remedy, you can not only get a cure, but you can prevent and eliminate sickness from your life. Now, Brother Hagen did this. He had been sick all of his life. As a young boy, he got to the age of maybe 13 and got bedridden. And he found that by reading the Bible, God would begin to speak to him and tell him the understanding of what he was reading. And that's where he got his cornerstone scripture, Mark 11:23, that if you believe in your heart and not doubt, you can have what you say. And so God began to show him that he could only believe as, as far as he knew. You have to get knowledge in order to believe further. And so that's why God has these meetings, so we can get knowledge so that we can believe further. So you can believe all the way to not only your personal healing, your children's healing, your family's healing, but you can believe for healing from any, for anybody who comes up to you and use the authority of the name of Jesus. And he said whenever people would ask him what he took to keep himself healthy, he says, I take what I speak. Uh, he said, I take the word. He said, I take what I preach. And he would daily take the word because he had been at death's door. 
and he knew how far he could get away from the word of God and start feeling sick again and come right back into an understanding of the word of God and put himself under the word of God. So these things are done by a conversion in your soul. I want you to turn to that in John 12 and get you to understand how the way you think has so much important bearing. People are always trying to figure out, well, what's taking so long? And when is it going to be my turn? The Bible says you can be healed at any time. You can be healed right now if you want to. There's something wrong in your body. And John 12 and verse 40, I think it is. Jesus is talking here about the Pharisees. And he says in verse 40, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, that they should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart and be converted, and I should heal them. And if you look at that, that's the same scripture as Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. My son, attend to my word. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart because they are life and medicine and health and healing to those that find them. So Jesus is saying here, he has provided health and healing for us, but the method is what we need to learn and we need to accept and understand. He says you can see with your eyes, hear with your ear, understand with your heart, be converted, and then get healed. And he says, blessed at any time. So you can really be healed at any time that you allow this process to take place in you. That's why Proverbs 4 tell you to meditate on the word. Keep it focused. Keep your focus totally on God's word. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Don't say, this isn't working for me, and then you're going to quit and go do something else. See, that's what it means when he says don't let it depart because he knows people have a tendency to quit on what you can't see. See, as natural people, we have a tendency to trust what we see and what we feel a lot more than what we hear and challenge it based on something invisible. We're more tuned in to what's there than what's not there. That's why we get in trouble on payday. Huh? You see that, oh, I ain't got paid now. And that's all you look at is until it's gone. Then when it's invisible, then you start believing the invisible. Huh? Oh, Jesus, help me. I know you out there somewhere. You said you was, oh, I know that's the way they do it. How did she do that? Money come up, come up, come up, come up, come up, come up. Huh? Until you roll over in tongues. and Huh? So we're good at pressing the invisible at a certain time. Uh, don't tell me y'all don't know how to do this. But see, when the natural is against you, and then you have to make that choice, what do you choose? Uh, you must choose life and keep choosing life. After a while, it'll get a little bit easier to you to choose life every single time. Choose life. You know, I tell people, I say, I have nothing against doctors. Trust me. 
I was their right-hand girl. I was a nurse once. You know, whenever that was, it's been many <laughs> If that came within 10 feet of a hospital, they'd arrest me with what I know from way back in the day. You know, I see these TV shows and they putting all these things. I said, man, you can do that? Oh, you can really <laughs> help people that much, you know? And so if, if, if doctors were so bad, they wouldn't have as much business as they have. Everybody will go there first. But when you're blood-bought, you have a choice. You can choose to go to God first. Why not go to God first instead of letting the doctor be the first idea that jumps into your mind? Go to the supernatural first. Go to the great physician first. Because if they know anything, it's because he's allowed them to know it. See? And it takes a long time to get some help in the natural. You know, in a way, you really feel bad for people like um, the late Christopher Reeve, you know, the guy that played Superman. He was trying to, to get, raise enough money to do enough research in his lifetime to get a cure for himself. And I'm thinking to myself, man, just pull out a Bible. Just turn on your TV, sneak up on Benny Hinn, whatever you need to do. Just get yourself in a place where you reach out to God for that. He's, God's not, he, you don't have to press God with money. You don't have to be in a hurry with him. He knows how to heal you and keep you encouraged so that you don't give up and want to die before it really totally manifests on you. God is always there for everybody. He's never far away from helping anybody. And so we have to understand that when you get the spiritual working for you through the word of God, that's how you get it working for you. It's through the word of God. So Jesus says, at any time your soul can be converted. What's a convert? Huh? What's a convert? The word convert means to be turned over or turned toward. So a convert is somebody who's turned toward a certain way of thinking. And so when we talk about Christian converts, these are people who accepted the Lord and came back to church and started living right. Huh? That's a convert. I'm not talking about them preverts that come up there and say a prayer and then they back in the clubs and back every place else and out kicking it with this. And that ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a convert. Somebody whose soul has been turned over by the word of God and they believe God's word and they start pulling for more. I don't care how much trouble they get in. You know, I'm not talking about what they do by accident sometime almost and hope don't nobody see them. Huh? That can describe a convert too. Huh? They got one toe in the kingdom and they're too scared of the devil to go all the way back. Huh? We've been like, listen, I was like that. Come on, y'all. Everybody's been a little like that, just trying to find their way in God. But your soul was so tuned in toward God, you knew you wasn't going back to serve the devil again. Huh? If you know that much, then you're converted. Huh? And you're healed. You're healed of your desire for the world. You're healed of your desire for stealing and lying and cheating taking drugs and sleeping around. Now you're healed of all of that stuff. Huh? And you're desiring a better life, a life that's pleasing to God. Well, that's a convert. And so Jesus said, 
for everything that you need from him supernaturally. Your soul has to be converted to that. So the trouble sometimes with us in seeking to be healed is the symptoms are pulling us this way and the word is pulling us this way. And it's what do you do? Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. <laughs> huh? Jesus said be either hot or cold. Huh? If you're cold, he can warm you up. Huh? He can show you exactly who he is. But he says you've got to make the choice. And so Jesus said it's easier to make the choice if you hear the word. He said, if you hear and hear and hear, he said, lest as any time you hear with your ears. And then God will give you revelation. You see with your eyes. You know, Jesus, you are right. I am healed. I don't have to sit here and labor with symptoms all day long. I don't have to feel bad. I don't have to keep running for the, to the doctor looking for something. Scared if I don't find it in the early stages. It's, it's the same devil Early stage, late stage, no stage, on the floor. I don't care where you put him, he's the same devil. Huh? Uh, you know, now I do believe that if you fight small ones, you know, if you're scared of little ones, you're going to be scared, scared of big ones, folks. Come on now. You know, people say, well, I, nah, God don't have nothing. This is just a headache. Huh? It's going to be a concussion this time you let the devil, you give him that kind of hall pass in your life. And so if you can fight him, just make it a habit to fight him, period. Wherever he crosses the line, just make it, and make it your joy and your delight to pop him upside his head in Jesus' name whenever he shows up. Uh, and then you won't have to get confused about is it big or is it little, do I go to dawn, I just hit him every time he shows up in Jesus name and you won't have to worry about those things so he says your soul will be converted that means your soul has to be convinced that you are healed it's got to be convinced there can't be any wavering there can't be any back and forth back and forth that's how people who get the miracle get the miracle huh? now you if you watch sometimes some of these and I mentioned Benny Hinn because he's on television. He has a bona fide, valid, legitimate healing ministry. In fact, that's how we learned many years ago when we were first being taught. God said, just go get under it. Huh? And learn from it and catch it and understand it and go for it. And so many of those people, though, but if you, if you hear their testimonies, they'll say, oh, I watch you every day. See, that's hearing with their ears. I watch you every day. Huh? And then they can get converted at the meeting where the anointing is and get their healing. Amen? But you can be convinced that you are healed and still have symptoms in your body. Huh? The symptoms linger on to try to take it back from you. Huh? Try and see if they can convince you otherwise. There was a woman that had a testimony. This was maybe 80 years ago. I think it was under Charles Price's healing ministry or John Lake's healing ministry. And she had been born with huge growth, not a noticeable growth on her throat. And she had gone to a healing service and gotten prayed for. And she was totally convinced she was healed. In fact, she went and told everybody. Oh, God healed me so beautifully at that meeting. He just healed me so. And people began to whisper about her behind her back because there was still this growth there. 
And so she was satisfied without the growth going that she had received her healing. See, because it's up here. It's your soul being converted and knowing that you know that you know that you know that sickness is not for you and you have received Jesus as your healer. And so she overheard some people laughing and making fun of her. Well, she thinks she's healed. What's wrong with her? Doesn't she know? And so she got in the mirror and she said, God, they don't believe just because of this. And she said, would you please take it away so they'll believe? And that thing disappeared. And she <laughs> gave her testimony everywhere. You see what I'm saying? So your soul can be converted long before the symptoms leave, folks. So don't let that lie that the devil planted in there through iniquity rob you of what God has done for you. See, we've got to make a choice here, folks. We either believe God or we don't. We either healed or we ain't. But I always choose healing because that lines up with God's word. See, once you line up with God's word, you don't have to worry about anything else. And that's how Jesus left us that example. That's how he was able to defeat the devil and overcome him. Because instead of, remember, Eve was trying to work from memory which most of y'all know by the time you're three, it ain't as good as it was when you was two. Huh? <laughs> they claim your brain cells dying every day. When the minute you're born, they start dying on you. You know, so we don't even hardly have a chance. But Eve, because, in, in, you know, just, just because that's the way it was, she got confused because she didn't understand how to fight the confusion. He says, hath God said... And she says, he said this. And she started twisting her words up and she got confused. And Jesus fought Satan on a different level. How did Jesus fight him? He said, it is written. You know the devil can read? If you tell that joker it's written and nobody can get confused about what was said, everybody can read their Bible, Every legitimate Bible reads the same. We all have the same scriptures to deal with healing. We all have the same scriptures to deal with salvation. We all have the same it is written in that Bible anywhere. Just make sure that what you say God told you is also written. Huh? And you can fight the devil on any it is written anywhere in the word of God. Because once it's written it becomes a law and everybody knows it and there are witnesses and he can't refute it, and you can't get robbed of it, because the day you sit down and you think these symptoms are too much, I think I'll just give up the ghost. You go back to it is written. You say, I can't give up by his stripes. I am healed. I see it now. It's written just as plain as day. I'm running around here listening to everything and everybody else and about to lose my grip on my sanity and healing in here. And so Jesus fought him on that basis. He said, devil, listen, you've been tricking people for as long as people have been around. The day Adam and Eve were created, the serpent started taking on his little sneaky. But did he really say that? You sure? Huh? Doubt. Doubt. Anything that creates and encourages doubt in your life is something that you've got to kick with it is written. And you make the devil read it. You sit down there and read it to him. Huh? And make him. That's right. 
and make him take his bony little fingers and follow the words. What you got that devil? It is written. Huh? You can take any it is written you want to. Huh? I don't care if you don't really and you're really sure you believe it yet. It's still written. It's a written judgment against him that he has no license to steal, kill, and destroy on a blood-bought saint of God. And he knows it. He's just trying to find out if you know it or not. So you've got to prove to him that you know the truth. Huh? And once your soul is converted and you're finally convinced, you know, <clears throat> some people like to argue. It's one in every family. You know. <laughs> Them the ones you don't get no liquor when they come. Y'all shouldn't be serving no liquor anyway, but you know what I mean. You got in-laws and outlaws. Yeah, everybody got them. They want to get it, start tasting your liquor, and they want to cuss you out. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is one in every family. <laughs> but did you know that when you use work, and you know sometimes people will argue with you and you think, well, maybe it is something wrong with it. Well, maybe I... <laughs> but i tell you one thing that will make them back down. You give them the word every time. You get enough word in you. Don't be afraid of anybody challenging you. Don't be afraid of the devil challenging your knowledge. You know, and you think, well, I don't know that much word. I ain't been saved as long as so-and-so. And you never will be. But you can fight with it is written. You can tell the devil what Jesus says about things. And I'm on Jesus' side, devil. I got news for you. Have you not noticed I ain't been in them haunts you used to take me two years ago? Huh? I've been in church. Haven't you noticed I've been spending my money on dope and stuff like that and liquor? I've been giving to God. Haven't you noticed that I haven't been wearing them funny clothes I used to wear and looking for somebody to look at me? I've been looking at my Bible. And I will let you know right now, devil, that it is written that I am healed by Jesus' stripes. Huh? You think you put a whipping on Jesus. You didn't put nothing on him. He took it from me. Because uh, he loves me. And his love will cure anything that ever comes against me. And he'll do it over and over and over again in my life. Huh? You know, sometimes people get this little religious thing on them. Well, uh, you know, by now you ought to be praying for yourself. Yeah, you do pray for yourself. But I know one thing. When the door to the altar opens, you better rush up there and get some hands laid on you. Because this could be your day. If your soul got converted under the word, this can be your day to receive all of it and never to be bothered with it again. That was true under the old covenant. They didn't buy this, well, Satan attacked me again and put this back on me. They said that, that God will make an utter end. He said affliction will not come up a second time. Huh? For it to come up on you at all, it's already double jeopardy. Huh? And any, any, any self-respect, any respectable legal system, they will not let you be tried for a one crime twice. Huh? And prosecutors will tell you, I don't think we have enough evidence yet, you know, to bring this. Because they know better. See? If, if you know, Bebe and, and her group got a bunch of dope in the house and, and we're trying to prosecute her, we're going to have to find more than just that dope in Bebe's house. We've got to have some videotape of her going getting it. 
paying for it and all this kind of stuff to get well that's what and, and if they don't have enough evidence they usually don't go to trial why because you can only try a person for one crime one time or it's double jeopardy you can't try be tried twice so if y'all killed somebody and they ain't found no smoking gun and your DNA already, you probably ain't going to get your eyes out. You won't get to a trial, huh? Because they have to have solid evidence or they know it would be hard to convince a jury and they won't get a second crack at trying. Once you get acquitted for that, you're acquitted. Well, don't you know it's the same thing with illness? That Jesus has already been tried? and been judged and he accepted the punishment for our sins and our iniquities and that was laid on him the sickness that you and I are supposed to have because of disobedience was laid on him and if you're carrying it in your body it's illegal immoral unfair and unlawful and a lie because that's double jeopardy it can't be on Jesus and me and you at the same time because the devil is not allowed to do that in Jesus name you cannot be tried for the same sin twice. I see people come down with AIDS and get healed. And then the devil gets them caught up with them people they used to hang around with. And they get it again. And then they get condemned. No, go back to the altar and get your healing. Don't let him steal. It will not come upon you a second time. Well, I never should have done. Yeah, and I shouldn't have done what I did either. But I ain't taking no crap from the devil because of it. I'm getting under the blood. I'm confessing my sins. I'm telling Jesus I'm sorry. I receive you as my healer. And I don't want none of this junk. I don't care how bad you get. That don't get a devil permission to put sickness on you. Huh? You know, when we were kids, you know how... <coughs> it's been a while. Don't ask me how long. Caught you. Everybody say, oh, nah. Go back to sleep. <laughs> you know. See, that's when the nosy people wake up, when they try to find out how old you are. Yeah. But, you know, we grew up in a, a little neighborhood, and all the adults had permission to tell on your kids, or you had to obey them all and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, with my mother, they could only go so far. Huh? Now, if she left you with, with Quater, <laughs> that's what we call our neighbor, Mrs. McQuater. That was about the only person my mother really trusted to discipline us. And she was a grandmotherly, elderly woman. And she was wise enough not to be whacking on people's kids. You understand what I'm saying? But my mother would not permit anybody just to hit her child to discipline them. And as parents, you don't either. If you leave them with somebody, say a grandmother or somebody, you might tell them, yeah, if they bad, whoop them. Because they need to learn how to obey you. But you don't give that permission to just anybody. And they don't assume that permission. Well, just like that, I don't care how bad you get as a child of God. He does not give the devil permission to put sickness on you. You don't learn nothing from the devil whooping up on you. The devil is not God's servant. He is his enemy. And you don't give your enemy permission to discipline or whip your children. So God gives the devil no permission to put sickness on us. He says, you get sick, you come to me because I'm the Lord that heals you. I don't put disease on you. He said, that's for them people that's running from me. Huh? But you came to me and you confessed your sins and I received you as my child. And I don't put sickness on any of my children. Sickness is not your teacher. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. Huh? You learn from the best. 
You don't learn secondhand. Trying to figure out what you did wrong and figure out this. You ain't no figuring on this one. Huh? What you did right was chose life. You chose Jesus. And he is the great physician. And he always has healing. He always has wholeness, salvation. He has everything that you need. You just got to stick with what's written. If you can find it in the Bible, baby, you can have it. The Bible says all the promises of God are yes and amen by us. All you got to do is say yes to yes. it, huh? Just say yes to whatever it is that you see in there. And God will make sure you, he gets it to you if you hold on to your faith in it. Amen? Why don't we stand up? We'll have some worship music. If you want prayer, you came here with symptoms. You got a lie somewhere in your body telling you you're not well. If the doctors have told you you're not well, if the devil's trying to put something on you, you come on up to the altar and we'll pray for you. Pastor Shirley and I will pray and make sure that we take care of everything that everybody with a need wants today. In Jesus' name.
Let Jesus feel. Let Jesus feel. This place. This place. Let Jesus.
My brother, did you put your shoe back on? Huh? What you waiting on? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. All right, sister, you better. You all well now? Yeah. 100%. Come on, share. Yeah, come on and tell. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, go around this way. That's good. Just hold it for her, okay? They said it was the sciatic nerve. I never had a pain like this before in my life. I got up um, because I had a lot of work to do, and I guess I jumped and moved the wrong way. And uh, it felt like a Charlie horse jumped in my hip. And I was trying to rub it out, but when I put my whole leg, when I put my whole foot down, the pain shot all the way down my leg into my foot, and I never had a pain that bad in my life, and I and I couldn't even walk, and I, uh, today is the first day I really walked longer, because I usually could walk about t two seconds <laughs> without it killing me, so I'm totally healed, and I sing all the time. Amen. I sing. I see, I have a song, and the song is First uh, Peter 2.24. Amen. By Jesus' wound, I am healed. Amen. And I sing that all the time. Amen. And I'm, I thank the Lord uh, that I'm totally healed today. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Brother, you want to testify? Come on up. Walk up a little bit more with your shoe on. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. <clears throat> Praise God. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm still limping a little bit, but um, I'm healed. So Amen. <laughs> I'm back and saying I ain't healed. I am. You know, thank God for that. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Amen.